Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. And today's message is called, What I Wish You Had Right Now. What I Wish You Had Right Now. You know, I've had the opportunity to be the senior pastor here at NUMA for, for the last 10 years now. It's, it's been super quick. But I've had the opportunity to be the pastor here for, for 10 years. But I've been serving the Lord since I was 18 years old. All right. I know that you might look at me and say, Pastor, that's only like five years ago. Uh, you know, thank you for the compliment. All right. But it was not five years ago. I'm actually 44 years old right now. And I started serving the Lord at 18. And in, and in all those years, God has given me some incredible opportunities. You see, when you serve God, you, you get to be in moments and people's lives that are etched in their soul forever. As, as a senior pastor, for example, I've been in very happy moments in people's lives. I've been, and I just wrote some things here, I've been in weddings I've been in birthdays, actually in the hospital while babies are being born. I've had the opportunity to be there with some parents. I've been in graduations. I've been in, in, in dedication ceremonies. I've been in, in vow renewals. I've had the opportunity to, to, to be in family reconciliation moments and sit there as, as one family member is asking the other family member for forgiveness for, for something that, that might have happened years ago. And, and I see how, how, how families come together again. I've had that opportunity. It's an amazing thing. I, I, I've, I've, I've seen people get healed from sickness. And I've seen how God has healed people instantly. God has that power right now. I, I've lived moments where I've seen promises that were given many years ago, being fulfilled. And I've had the opportunity to sit in in some of those meetings, to be there amongst the people in the midst of that. You see, pastors have the privilege of living in people's highest highs. It's amazing. But at the same time, pastors also live in the people's lowest lows. A lot of times as, as a pastor, it's, it's amazing because whenever a tragedy occurs, the pastor is going to be one of the first people to receive the phone call. Um, when a husband walks out on their wife or the wife walks out on the, on the husband, the pastor will be called to, to step in and some way try to reconcile and, and help out. I, I, I've been in moments when, when a child has spoken to his parents about an abuse that took place in his life and he hasn't had the courage to tell them by themselves and they, they've asked me, Pastor, can, can you be there when I talk to my mom and my dad? It was an uncle, it was an aunt, it was somebody that they trusted and, and, and it's devastating. It's a very low moment in the life of a family. As a pastor, I, I, I've sat there. I, I've been there in those moments when, when, when the phone call comes in from the doctor and says the diagnosis is, is cancer. The diagnosis is, is, is kidney or it's kidney failure and, and there's only a few months to live. I, I've sat with people in those moments. So I've been here and there's also moments that I've been, I, I, I've been down here. I, I've been there when, when the police has called. 
and, and, and said, he didn't make it. I, I have bad news for you. The, the accident was a fatal accident. And, I, and I've had people cry on, on, on my shoulders. I've had people make a mess out of my shirt. And it doesn't matter at that moment. You know? Um, and why am I telling you all this today? Why, why am I sharing this with you? Because it's in those moments of pain. It's in those moments of, of loss for words. It's in those moments of frustration. It's in those moments where there's anger. It's, it's in those moments of chaos that something is alive inside of me and, and tells me, tell them everything's going to be okay. Even if they don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, just tell them it's going to be all right. You see, one of the things that I, I tell my wife when, when moments like this occur, I don't know why, but I'm calm in the midst of that. I, 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 could, I, I could be in the middle of that because, uh, you see, there's something that I know that even though if things are going crazy, if I could just hold on to that. And, and this morning, I, I want to talk to you for a second. I want to talk to everybody that, that's here because there's some things that I wish that everybody in this room would have. There's some things that I know that if, if you guys that are watching online would know, would help you in the middle of, of all these crises and the different things that, that we live, things that will help you carry on in life. That will just allow you to just keep going. So this morning, I want to share with you four things that I wish you had right now. Four things that I wish you had right now in this very moment. I, I don't wish that, that you would get it next week. I don't, I don't wish that you would get it a month from now or, or by Christmas. Yesterday, my daughter was like, uh, Daddy, uh, can, can I get an iPad for Christmas? My, 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 my nine-year-old. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I told her, Bella, Christmas is a far, you know, it's far away. And she goes, no, it's not, Daddy. It's four months away. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, let me think about that. You know, it's like, an iPad? Come on, really? That's what... What I want to share with you today, I don't want you to get it four months from now. I don't want you to get it, you know, two months from now. I wish you had this right now. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. This, this will help you. All right. I wish you had my strength right now. I wish you had my strength right now. Now, if you look at me, you know, you might say, Pastor, you don't look all that strong, you know. Uh, I, I don't know about having your, your strength. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I go to the gym and uh, I try to work out. And, and it doesn't work as much as it works for other people, you know. It, it used to when I was in my 20s, you know. But now in my 40s, I'm like, I'm going hard. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know. And, and you might look and say, Pastor, you know, your strength, really? Yeah, I, I wish you had my strength right now. We're living in days where it seems that things are getting worse by the day. I don't know if you've noticed that, but uh, news of sickness and, and disease, uh, people dying by, by the hundreds every day. I'm sure there's people here 
that have lost either a family member, a loved one, a, a neighbor, a co-worker due to COVID. And, and, and it's been crazy. These last 18 months have been crazy. And then there's rumors of war going on. You know, uh, when you look at the situation in, in, in Afghanistan, it, it breaks your heart. I don't know if you guys have been aware of what's going on, but it breaks your heart. When you know that there's been people that have been fighting out there for, for 20 years. I know people that have served in Afghanistan. And, and they've been fighting there for 20 years and now we, we have this in our hands. And, 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 and American soldiers passing away and, and, and dying. When you hear news like this, church, it saps your strength. I don't know if that happens to you. But you feel like if, if, if the breath, you know, just leaves you, it's like if you just got punched in your gut and you're like trying to recover. And the moment that you finally like sort of like recover your, your breath again, then another hit comes, you know, and I was reading the news of some, some guy from Michigan being in a restaurant in the beach this week. And some guy comes in with a gun and says, we're getting ready to see somebody die today, you know, and just pull the gun on his one year old. And the dad stood in the way and he said, he's too young to die. Don't, don't, don't kill him. And the guy says, then you die. And he shot him a bunch of times in his chest. A tourist in our city. Now the guy that did the shooting, he wasn't also from here. He was from Georgia. And you hear news like that and, and it just, it's crazy. Some of us don't need to turn on the news. It just comes in on your emails. You know, it just starts coming in on your phone. It comes in through through text, you know, or maybe a phone call that you get. You know that the same thing happened to a man in the Bible named Daniel? And, 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 and this guy in the Bible, he had a vision of future events, things that were going to happen. And in Daniel chapter 8, okay, he actually wrote a book in the Bible by his name, Daniel. All right, and in chapter 8, verse 17 and 18, it says this, all right, as Gabriel approached the place, Gabriel's an angel, okay? As Gabriel approached the place where I was standing, I became so terrified that I fell with my face to the ground. Son of man, he said, you must understand the events you have seen in your vision relates to the time of the end. While he was speaking, listen to what happened, I fainted. What happened to him? He fainted. And he laid there with his face to the ground. But Gabriel roused me with a touch and helped me to my feet. See, the Bible says that Daniel had this vision and he saw how things were going to turn out. And you know what happened to the guy? He passed out. <laughs> he fainted. He was on the floor and he needed an angel to show up and say, all right, Daniel, I need you to get up. Isn't that what these kind of news do to, do to us? It saps our strength completely, what he saw, what he heard, what he experienced in that vision. These are definitely difficult days that you and I are living. But you know what? I wish you had my strength right now. I wish you had my strength, and my strength doesn't come from being stronger than you. My strength comes from my God. That's where my strength comes from. See, there was a moment in my life 
when I went through a very difficult time. I was young. I was 18 years old, you know, and my dad got sick with cancer and we got evicted from where we lived and we didn't have, you know, food to, to eat enough, you know. And then in the middle of all that, I walk into a store with a friend of mine and I see a frame and on that frame, there's a Bible verse. And that Bible verse, I want to share it with you. Because that Bible verse did something inside of me. And it's Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It's my favorite verse in the whole Bible. If you come to me and you say, Pastor Chris, PC, what is your favorite verse in the Bible? It has to be this verse because when I was going through all that, this verse just became life to me and I held on to it. And it says, do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. Here we go. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You want to put your hands together for the Lord for that verse? Because that's not just for me. That's what he wants to speak to each and every one of you in this room, all you guys that are watching today. He tells you, don't be afraid. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you strength. And something happened in the inside of me that day. The situation didn't leave. I had to go, I had to endure it. But there was a strength that I had. And, and I've carried that strength with me ever since that no matter what's going on or what's happening, I just feel a strength that, that I have inside. I want to tell you that that same strength is available to you today. That is available to you today. I, I wish you had my strength. The second thing that I wish you had right now, I wish you had my faith right now. I, I, I want to speak to you guys because maybe you're going through a big problem in your life. Maybe you're there and you're watching from home and you don't even want to walk into this place because you're like, the burden that I'm going through is so heavy that you can't even leave your house. I know people that when they're going through a situation, they, they don't even want to leave their room sometimes. And they're going through a depression and, and just heaviness because of big problem, big situation. Maybe, maybe you're going through a health problem. And you can put whatever name to it that, that you want. It could be cancer, heart disease, diabetes, respiratory issues. It could be COVID. Just, just a big problem that you're facing. Maybe, maybe the problem that you're facing is a marriage problem and you're here and you're like, man, I'm coming to church today because, you know, so and so invited me, but what I really need is to fix my marriage. I need help with my wife. I need help with my husband. Uh, it's a mess. Maybe, maybe the problem that, that you're living right now is it's a, a problem trying to have children. And you've always wanted to have children. And, and you've been married for years. And you've been trying. And you've done everything. And you can't have children. And that becomes a big problem. It could be a financial problem. You might be going through a financial problem right now and you don't even know how, how you're going to solve it. It could be a legal battle that you're involved in right now. And you're like, I don't even know. This is like, I'm tied up in this and I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Maybe you're dealing with a rebellious child. And as a parent, that becomes a problem because the moment that you wake up, you know it's going to be a battle the whole day with that kid. And it's just a problem that, that, that you're facing. I want to tell you that we face problems in this world. Jesus said it like this. He goes, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus told us. 
The other day I was talking to somebody, a person that is well off, and, and this person, as, as I was talking to them, they have all the resources that you would think are, are available to them, and yet he's in a situation that makes him feel helpless. He's in a situation just no apparent way out, even with resources in his hands. And, and, and it takes him to, to think, it's not enough. What I have is not enough. Have you ever been in that place where you feel that what you have is not enough to get through what you're facing right now? Many people find themselves in a situation like that. You might be in a situation like that today. When, when I hear things like that, you know what comes up inside of me? I, I wish they had my faith. I, I wish they, they, they had the faith that I have faith that some, you know, somehow, some way, all right, everything will work itself out. That's, that's the faith that I have. That even though right now, like I said before, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I, I know that somehow things are going to work themselves out. You see, Matthew 17 Matthew is one of the gospel writers. He was one of Jesus' disciples, all right? Matthew 17, verse 20, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. Look what he says. You don't have enough faith. <laughs> Jesus is telling his disciples that are there, and today maybe he's telling you. He's told this to me. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. And then this part here, nothing would be impossible. You see, my faith tells me, church, that nothing is impossible for my God. I don't know what mountain you're staring at today, but nothing is impossible for my God. You see, there's a story of, of this guy that he's one of the gentlemen that climbed Mount Everest. And every year he would try to climb that mountain. And every year he would fail. He didn't make it. Till one day he stood in front of that mountain. And he spoke to the mountain. And he told the mountain, Mountain, you're not going to grow any more than the size that you have right now. But I am not done growing yet. Oh, I don't know if you caught that. He knew that there was something inside of him that had not finished yet and it would just grow enough. He would be able to conquer that mountain that was standing in front of him. That's the faith that God wants you and me to have every day. Come on, church. You can put your hands together for him. My faith tells me that if God is for me, who can be against me? You see, my faith tells me that God causes all things, all things, everything, <laughs> to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. My faith tells me that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. My faith tells me not to worry about anything. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, make those needs known to him. That's what my faith tells me. Oh, how I wish you had my faith today. I wish you had it today. I wish you had that type of faith today. The third thing that I wish you had 
right now. I wish you had my peace right now. You see, I'm here standing in front of you, but there's a peace inside of me. You know that I, I used to hate to speak in front of people. And you might look at me this morning and be like, looks like you're doing pretty good. You know, <laughs> I was so bad that in school, when it was my turn to read, all right, and I saw that they were going down the line, whenever it was like two students away, I would raise my hand to go to the bathroom. You know, and then I would come back in after I knew that I had taken enough time that they had gone over my plate. Because even in reading in front of people, I would just start stuttering and get all nervous and everything. And, and why am I sharing this with you? Because there's such a lack of peace right now in the hearts of people. You see, we, we, there's lack of peace in the world. There's lack of peace in our nation. There could be lack of peace in your neighborhood. There could be lack of peace internally in here. And everything be calm outside, but in here you feel that there's no peace. And, and I want to tell you that there will be no external peace while there's no internal peace. Until there's not peace in here, you're not going to find peace out there. Peace starts in here. And it goes from the inside out. That's the way that it is. Peace must be inside before it manifests outside. I know people that take sleeping pills in order to have peace at night. I know people that smoke weed during the day so that they can have peace while they're at work. I, I know people that constantly are battling with anxiety, with fear, with, with depression. Oh, how I wish that you had my peace right now. John 14, another one of Jesus' disciples. You see, these guys were following Jesus and they would see such amazing things that they would just write these things down as they would go and they would, you know, take notes of, these miracles and conversations they had. And in John 14, verse 27, I'm going to read from a version called the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible, what it does is that it, it helps a little bit onto what it says there, you know, using the, the, the language that it, the Bible was written in, you know. And listen to this verse. Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you. With you. My perfect peace... I do give to you, not as the world gives. How does the world give it? Through pills, through all these different things. But not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Oh, I love that. God wants to give you a peace that is, listen to this, a perfect peace that will calm you down. Calm you down. Say, have you ever seen a baby when he's fuzzy and all of a sudden the parents just care and say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and just a, a couple of little spanks in the back. And all of a sudden you see that baby that was all crying and all of a sudden just calms down. And that's the peace that God wants to, to give you. How I wish. You had my peace right now. Now, today God wants to bless you with that peace. He wants to bless you with that peace, but it starts with having peace with Him. 
That's, that, that's, that's where, where peace starts to happen. The most important peace, guys, is peace with God. And for that to happen, I'm going to get into my fourth point. How I wish you had my hope right now. Oh, I, I wish with all my heart that you had my hope right now. And, and maybe you're here and you're asking yourself, Pastor, what's your hope? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> what is your hope? Well, it's in Romans chapter 5. This is written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul encountered Jesus later on in this vision that he had of Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. This guy was persecuting the church. This guy was going after the disciples of Jesus hard. He wanted to kill them. That's why if you're here this morning and, and you're like, well, I don't like what you're talking about. I don't like church. I, I felt that I was dragged into it. It's okay. God could still do some work in your life. That <laughs> he did it with this man right here. And he ended up writing, okay, almost half of the New Testament. Romans 5, 1 through 2, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, here we go, we have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith... Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently, confidently and joyfully with hope, all right, that's what other versions say, look forward to sharing God's glory. You see, I want you guys to look over here real quick. My hope, is in God and in God alone. My hope is in God and in God alone. And these wonderful words that were penned here by, by the apostle give us the encouragement and the truth that everyone in this room needs. You're watching. You need this. Look, look what he says. Worship team, you guys can start coming up here. He says, we have been made right in God's sight, by faith. That means, church, that you and I can now stand in front of God. Like if we have never sinned, not by my works, because I'm not good enough. You might look at me up here today and you say, oh, pastor, you know, no, I fail every day. I could stand in front of God like I've never sinned, not by works, but by faith. But by faith. And then the apostle continues, he says, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Faith in what Christ has done for us. And maybe you're sitting there today, and maybe you're watching, and you're like, what has Christ done? What has he done? Well, I want to tell you, he came here to earth. He lived a sinless life. You see, the sinless life that none of us could have ever lived. Jesus lived it. Why? So he could be our perfect sacrifice. 
What does that mean, pastor? Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And since everybody sinned, everybody deserves to pay for their sin or die. But since Jesus was without sin, he can now stand in your place and he can stand in my place as that perfect sacrifice. So when Jesus was dying on the cross, I want you to pay attention to this. This is a very important thing. He was not there paying for his own sins because he had never sinned. He was there paying for my sins. He was there paying for your sins. He was taking your place. He was taking my place. And then the verse continues saying, we have been brought to a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Beautiful. You know that Jesus didn't stay in a tomb? He resurrected on the third day. All different religions. You could go to the tomb of the founder of that religion and you will find the tomb. If you go to Jesus' tomb in Jerusalem, it says on a sign outside, he is not here because he has risen. Can't find them. They're not going to find them. Because Jesus resurrected. And because he now lives, listen to this. Because he now lives... I also live, not according to my goodness, church, not according to, to what I do, but according to his power that lives inside of me. And it says that you and I have been put in a place of privilege. What is that place, pastor? That place of privilege is that when Jesus paid for my sins on that cross, he gives me the ability to become a son or daughter of God. He gives that to you today. And that's the greatest place of privilege that anybody could ever have. That you're a son of God. That you're a daughter of God. And you might say, oh, pastor, I already am. And since I was born, I'm like that. No, 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 I, I got to clear that up. The, the Bible says that we're all made in his likeness and his image. You have, you have, you have value. You, you have worth. You have dignity because you're made in the image of God. You're his creation. But in order to become a son or daughter of God, you must receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm not talking to you today about a religion. I'm not saying for you to switch religion. I'm saying about a relationship that you could have with God through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you might say, well, that's a little bit exclusive. I, I wish that it was all inclusive for everybody. I want to tell you something. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Of the whole world. Now, as a loving God, God lets you choose if you want him and you might be here this morning and you feel like something is happening in here i want to close this verse as we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing god's glory we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing god's glory what does that mean that there's more to this life than what you and I now see. There's more than what we see. And, and while I'm here on earth, 
I'm placed here to make a difference with my life because I know that my life is here for some purpose. And here at Numa Church, we've understood that. We've understood that everybody in this room has a specific purpose by God to make a difference in this world. We even created systems to help you in that journey called the growth track, where we try to help you discover that. But you know what's the incredible? That I can make great difference in this world, but one day I will die. You see, everybody is born with an expiration date. Everybody has an expiration date on them. Yesterday, my, my, my niece's dog passed away. She had had that dog for 14 years. That dog bit on an electrical cable seven years ago, got electrocuted, all right, and lived the rest of his life with his mouth like this to the side. Like, what happened? He's like, he got electrocuted. Okay, I understand. He lived seven more years after that. All right. Like, not a problem. Sleeping in her bed, even eating her food. I mean, like, her name was Princess. She lived like a princess. You know what happened? She had an expiration date. And it was yesterday. We all have that expiration date. I don't know when yours is. I don't know when mine's is. But I want to be completely sure in my heart that the day that my expiration date is due, that I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Because the Bible says that even though you die, you will live again. You will live again. He will resurrect you into a life that you will never die. You see, you will be in relationship with God as your father and live for eternity. Oh, how I wish you had my hope right now. And you see, these four things that I mentioned this morning are the things that I wish you had right now. I wish you had my strength right now. I wish you had my faith right now. I wish you had my peace right now. And I wish, even more importantly, that you would have my hope right now. Now, the amazing thing is that everybody in this room could respond to this today. Everybody that is watching online could respond to this today. And there's four ways that you could actually respond to this last hope that I spoke about that you could have in Jesus Because my desire and the desire of those that are here is that you would be able to put your trust and your hope. The Bible says that it will be an unshakable hope, a confident hope. Now, one of the ways that, 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 that you could respond is by saying, I already know God personally. And if you do, that is awesome. God wants you to continue growing in that relationship with Him. If you already know Him, know him personally through Jesus... Continue building your faith. Continue working at it. You're never done. There's always something that he wants to do in there. So you can respond like that. Now, you can respond also by by saying, I want to begin a real relationship with God through Jesus today. And and, and if that's you, you today want to begin a relationship with God through Jesus. And in just a second, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. Because you might be here and saying, Pastor, I'm ready to have that hope. I, I need it. 
Maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you're, you're sitting at the point where it says, I want to consider. I want to consider some of the things you've spoken about today, Pastor. I, I, I want to consider what God wants to do in my life. And, and if that's you and you want to come and hang around and check us out every week, you know, I'm totally cool with that. I'm fine with you coming and listening and hearing and, and, and maybe even joining a small group. I'm completely cool with the fact if you want to consider it, God's not going to push himself on you. And we understand that. And maybe you're here and you say, hey, I don't ever intend to make that my decision. Actually, I, I've been looking at my watch three or four times to see when are you going to be done, you know? And, and, and if that's you, you know what? We respect your decision, but we're still going to pray for you. We're still going to pray for you. And we're going to still ask God to do something in your life because he's not done with you either. As long as you're breathing, God is not done with you. I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes for a second right there where you're at. This all your heads right there. You're at home. You could join me and do this as well. Maybe you're in that second group of people that today you want to begin a real relationship with God through Jesus. And that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer with me. And you could say, Pastor, is that easy? Just repeating a prayer? Well, that's how you become a citizen of the United States. You repeat whatever the judge or the person in front is saying. And at the end, they say, you're now a citizen of the United States. Well, that's the way it happens in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says you believe with your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. So right there, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for coming to this earth and living the perfect life to be my sacrifice when you died on the cross. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for paying for my sins. And from this moment on, Jesus, I want you to take me by the hand into the arms of my Heavenly Father that I may start a relationship with Him and fill me with the Holy Spirit that I can live for the purpose that you have for me. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to do a second prayer. And that second prayer, those people that might know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior already, but because of things of life, you've walked away. And today you hear these words and you're saying, man, I need to get back to God. I need to come back to him. I've just been doing all these things. I need to get back to the Lord. If that's you right there where you're at, with your head bowed, eyes closed, just say, Jesus, thank you so much. Because you are the God of second opportunities. And today, I pray that you would give me a second chance. I want to walk according to your purpose, according to your plan. Forgive me for putting my eyes on the different things that I have, but take my life now 
and use it, Lord, for your glory. I thank you right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And we all say, church, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord today. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.